This is Writing Excuses, Season 2, Episode 5. We're talking about writing groups today. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. Okay, we've had a lot of requests for a podcast on writing groups. And um, Dan and I started a writing group like eight years ago and have At been least. kind of on and off in writing groups together. I don't know if Howard's ever done one before. I have actually have been okay. in a writing group before. Well, let's talk about it. Um, how do you find a writing group? How did you find your writing group? My brother invited me to a writing group where we were doing screenplays. And uh, I tried writing screenplays, and I wasn't very good at it. Okay. Dan, how did you find your writing group? Well, I found mine uh, the same way you found yours, which was we were in college together, and we both worked on a science fiction magazine, and we were both in the same science fiction writing class. And at some point, we realized, oh, hey, we're both interested in this. We both talked, said we both wanted to write novels, and we formed a writing group together. Right, whereupon Ben said, me too. Yeah. Um, a lot of people ask me, how, how do I start a writing group? How do I do it? Um, and I'm always kind of baffled by this question because it's always been natural for me. It's just been I've been hanging out with people, and I know, I know a lot of people who are interested in writing. And I, I get the sense from these people that, that ask me the question that they don't know a lot of writers. Any suggestions? How do you meet writers? How do you start a writing group? Well, it's like you said. You already were hanging out with writers. And so that's the first suggestion. Hang out. Find you know, write local clubs. If there's a magazine you can join in a college, do that. If yeah. you're still in college, it should English. be very easy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Take some writing classes. Um, but I think the fanzine thing is a good thing. Look mm -hmm. and see if there are any fanzines locally. I cannot emphasize enough how important uh, how important the the fan the local fan community yeah. is. Yeah. I had no connections with anybody locally. I'd been cartooning for five years. Uh, before I finally got a hold of somebody who's running LTUE. And that one contact cascaded into, well, I met Brandon and I met Dan and I met, you yeah. know, 30 or 40 other people who mm -hmm. are all local professionals. Yeah. And it all came about as starting to attend those conventions. Yeah, go to the conventions. Go to the conventions and, you know, it's going to take trial and error. Honestly, sometimes you're going to get end up in writing groups with people that you don't want to end up in writing groups with. But mm -hmm. it's going to take effort and time, and you're going to have to try some. And, you know, they'll fall apart, or you'll end up just conflicting with people in the group. And it will just take a lot of work. Um, now, there's yeah. also, we have to point out, most cities of, of fairly large size have uh, writing organizations already yeah. built. Like, yeah. I just discovered a, last year that there's a League of Utah Writers. So. Yeah. You can contact organizations like that and get in touch with people. Uh, wait, Barnes & Noble, uh, Eric is pointing at me. By the way, I'll mention we're live before a studio audience today at uh, Dragon's Keep. Um, oh, yeah, there we go. And Howard is holding up cards to make them do strange <laughs> things. Um, the, yeah, Barnes & Noble does have lots of writing groups and book clubs. Is that what you were saying, Eric? Yeah. Bookstores yeah, bookstores often have them. A lot of the independent bookstores will have them, too. Um, um, libraries will, yeah. as well. Um, Getting into a reading yeah. club is also a great way yeah. to find a writing group. Well, Dragon's Keep has hosted in the past a National Novel Writing Month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Once a week. Mm -hmm. NaNoWriMo or RIMO or however you say that thing. That's a great way to meet writers. It's a fabulous way. It's the, they've got their forum completely split down into states, and each of those states is split down into communities. Sign up for that, and within a week or so, you will be contacted by local writers. Okay. Um, 
Let's move on to um, some, some more important questions. Let's assume that you're able to get a writing group together. How do you make it work for you? Um, because there, there are distinct ways, that, distinct things you can do. When you're writing grouping, you're either workshopping someone else's piece or your piece is being workshopped. Let's take it first in the your piece is being workshopped. How do you make it effective for you as a writer when your piece is being workshopped? Don't date the GM. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, wait, wait, writing groups, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. That was very random. Okay. Um, but it might be pertinent because uh, romantic involvement in the, writing, in the writing group could... Uh, are you, why are you looking at me? That, I don't that, know why That I'm never happened at you. to me, not even once. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I'm going to say when your thing is being workshopped, shut up. Okay. You sit, you don't talk. If you start to defend your work while others are critiquing it, you will get into arguments and it will be a useless writing group. Okay. The other thing yeah. to keep in mind in that regard is that if you've written something and it can't defend itself without you saying stuff, then it's broken and yeah, it needs to be Yeah, that tells you something. Absolutely. Yeah. This well, is so hard to do, it but is. I think it's the number one point I would make to anyone who's wanting to do a writing group is when you're being workshopped, say as little as possible. It's also the hardest thing yeah, to do. It's, it's really hard. It'll drive you crazy. You'll want to explain to everyone how you really are brilliant, and, not, and <laughs> you'll want to say, oh, I'm going to explain that later on. I did think of that. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. But you know what? Everything that someone says tells you something. If they're wondering about something that you have explained later on, then you've done it the right way because you're raising questions in your readers, and that's perfect. That's what you want. If they are confused by something that tells you, I need to fix this. Or maybe that's the confusion you want, but you are doing market research. You are, you're like the person showing the commercial to a bunch of people who want to buy the product. And what you don't want to get up is afterward and say, now the commercial was really bad, but this is, how you really, this is why you really should buy our product. Uh, what do we? <laughs> I don't know if that came through the microphone or not. Yeah, we haven't mic'd the audience despite the fact that we're making them say things. Uh -huh. um, anyway, yes, I uh, had something really important to say, and then our dumbfounded audience totally <laughs> threw me off track. Don't say anything. Don't say just anything. Just really, sit there, take no, notes. Yeah, take lots of notes. Say, okay, they were confused by this point. Um, this point, they didn't even notice, so it looks like this. Um, looks like they mm -hmm. picked up on my foreshadowing. It looks like um, I have a bad paragraph here. Just take now, lots of I, notes. I will mention that it occasionally is very helpful and certainly allowable to ask questions. If yeah. they're yeah. getting to the end of your section and they haven't talked about you know, this thing yet and you really want to know their reactions, go ahead and ask them. Okay. But don't say, why didn't you understand this? That's not well, a good and question. The, the, um, the, the example that you brought up, you know, oh, I'm going to explain that later. Uh, if you present that in the yeah. form of a question, does it work if this is explained in Act 2 as yes, a big reveal? Exactly. Yeah. You know what? If, it, if they think it works, great. If but they don't think it works, You then... may even want to just wait till Act 2 and say then, do you remember this And here's the big reveal. Does, did this work for it? Because... Um, what you're doing is you say, this it gets explained in Act 2. What you end up doing then is letting them know it's coming. And you then taint them for giving you comments on that for the future. Um, and everything That's you true. say, it's like, it's, you know, it's Heisenberg's law of um, writing groups. Whenever you're interacting with them, you are changing their reactions. And the less you can interact with them, the better. You lose the ability to get yeah. a good reaction later. And yeah. if the more you actually, you'll get very defensive and you'll want to argue. And that will make people not want to give you feedback because they will feel that you don't accept their opinion. 
Um, and that's that's another big problem with speaking. Well, that can that can break the whole writing group as yeah, well. As yeah. soon as there's a spirit of yeah. contention in yeah. there, it's it all falls apart. So what do I say? <laughs> Anything you want. Oh yeah, this pro yeah, that's, what, that's what I was trying to remember. Okay, this podcast is brought to you by Fablehaven by Brandon Mole, a fun story about a magical wildlife refuge for mystical creatures. All right, let's say you're workshopping someone's piece. How can you be most effective in helping them? To workshop with to make their piece better. Use profanity when you find something you don't like. Okay, thank you, Hack. <laughs> That's make it. Okay, don't this use is why profanity. Howard is not in our writing Make group. it. Make it a personal attack. Use personal attacks. Don't attack the the piece they're working on. Attack them personally. Okay. The ad hominem writing group. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, have I identified a couple of things not to do? Yes. Okay. Yes, you have. Am I using sarcasm appropriately? Yes. I hope you are. Did I foreshadow that right for the next? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Dan, got anything to add? <laughs> um, <you should> probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say um, that you want to, when you're workshopping someone's piece, we, we often say this in my writing group, it's prescriptive versus descriptive. Yes. Um, the more descriptive you can be, the better. Meaning, this is how I felt, this is how I reacted, rather than saying, you should do this. Um, ah. Stephen King says he hates writing groups. Um, this, I may be quoting this wrong, but he says it's because people tend to ruin his work. Um, and that's, I think, because Stephen King is a discovery writer. He sits down and he puts people in a situation he starts writing. If he shows them chapters while he's writing it, they will give him all sorts of suggestions which will completely derail the book. Right. Uh, what you don't want or you don't want, you don't want to be giving too many suggestions. You want to be saying, I was confused by this. I like this character. I don't like this character. Rather than saying, you know, you should do this with this character. They should go to this place. Um, and if you can phrase it as, I'm curious about this, that's better than saying, do this. Yeah, you have to realize that the author is the expert in their own work. And so you just tell them your reactions to it. Yeah. This is how I, this is what I thought at this point. This is how I reacted. They can then decide how best to use that information. We got that in season one with uh, the uh, Worldcon interview with uh, Moshe. Yeah. Where he said, exactly. yeah, I'll, I, I sat down with Brandon and talked about this and that with his book and explained, here are the places where it's not working for me. Yeah. But Moshe didn't, and he probably could yeah, say, sit down and yeah. tell you how to rewrite it, but that's not what he does. Right. Yeah, and the really good editors often do that. They say, I've identified a problem. Go for it. Um, and you as, a, you as a reader, you'll be identifying things, and honestly, sometimes they're not even problems. You just want to give your actions. Say good things, too. Say what's working. Writers need to hear this. It's what we forget a lot. In fact, I think it's time. I want to men mention um, the Jancy philosophy of writing groups. Um, level our system? friend Jancy, is she here? I uh, think she, she just left. She took off. Um, she suggested, and, and this has worked um, pretty well in, in one of my writing groups, that you start with good things. And then after that, you talk about, e the, the, the people talk about the things that they thought were the most broken with a piece. So they can talk about the large issues first. What you want to do is you want to stay away from the sentence level issues that are going to get, you know, things are going to get rewritten and right. reworked anyway. And so it's kind of like she, she says, do three levels. Level three problems are, are problems that are so broken that you, you would put the book down and no longer read. Um, there shouldn't hopefully be a lot of those. But we want people to be able to mention those and have time for those before we move on to other stuff. And then level two are problems that are pretty big problems. Um, that, that you had with the piece, and then level one were, you know, little issues, paragraph issues. If we don't have time for them, so what? I like the idea of uh, making sure that you're positive 
that, that you uh, yeah. say that you're positive, that you that you identify, you call out the good things yeah. in the work you've been reading, because writers, yeah, interestingly enough, for for a group of people who uh, create things and and put them out to the mass market, uh, they have very, very fragile egos. Yes, we all do. <laughs> and it's, it's very, very difficult to receive criticism, as we've already talked about in this podcast. And you can soften that quite a bit by identifying the things that you like. Okay. And that becomes, your, uh, yeah. that becomes your good karma points for being able to point out the level three problem in yeah. the second well, chapter. Well, it will really help them a lot to know what they're good at doing. Um, I think early on when I was having readers read my books, it was very useful for me to, them to constantly say to me, Brandon, I love your magic systems. That identified for me, you know what, I think I want to make this a hallmark of my style. I think it's something I'm really good at. Let's emphasize this. Let's do what I do well and spend a lot of time on it. And it was very useful to me when people said that. You know, one of the best comments I ever got in a writing group was uh, halfway through the second book in my, my horror trilogy, we sat down and we said, okay, let's start Dan's Good Things. And our friend Ben said, Dan, after reading this chapter, I never want to be alone with you in a room again. <laughs> That's the best possible compliment you can give to a horror writer. I was delighted by that. Okay, that, need, that needs a placard. Go ahead. That, yeah. that needs a placard? Yeah, whatever those things are. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a compliment to a horror writer. <laughs> Punk audience. <laughs> Should we talk about writing group quirks? Okay. Writing like, group quirks. Go for it. What, what, okay. This is one thing that we have noticed. For, for example, our group does uh, a chapter a week. Yeah. And one of the great things about that is that it lets you drill down into a chapter and get a really great handle on it. Yeah. One of the bad parts about that is that it means the writing group is reading your book over the course of about a year, usually. Yeah, or sometimes and, with my books, two years. Yeah, and that can mean that you foreshadow something early and they've completely forgotten it later. Yeah. If they're waiting a week between each chapter, they're going to forget a lot of stuff. Tension won't be building as well as it should be. And so there's a lot of the time when you get feedback, you just have to say, well, is this real or is this just... Part yeah. of the writing group it's, quirk. It's very important to realize. Um, sometimes writing groups don't give good feedback in that area. And that's why it's good to have alpha readers too, meaning mm -hmm. people who read the whole book through. And if you can address you know, those specific questions at them when they're alpha reading, you can say, did you feel this? Did this, do you feel like this was foreshadowed well? Um, and I have a lot of problems with this in my writing groups sometimes because I, I've had books that we do one chapter a week, and I've had 80-chapter books that I've workshopped, and you don't mm -hmm. go every week sometimes. But well, it yeah. seems to me that the, the solution then for the person who's submitting things to the writing yeah. group is to submit your first few chapters and make sure that questions of style and character and voice mm -hmm. and dialogue and whatnot, you know, setting, yeah. get those addressed early and then take the book all to yourself and write most of the way through it, yeah. and then get some alpha readers to help you, know you out. I off, almost always suggest, if you can, finish the book before you workshop it, or do exactly what Howard just said. I do this a lot, is write three chapters, workshop those three chapters, see what people's impressions are, and then write the rest of the book. Um, to not let you know, it get derailed, because you will have problems, particularly with this quirk, Mm -hmm. That if you're writing yeah. it as it's going and workshopping it as it's going, people will be like, oh, people you need to keep the tension up. You need to keep the tension up. Of, and I, I, I do want to point out, though, especially yeah. for early writers, the biggest benefit to me when I started writing oh, yeah. was mm -hmm. 
the writing group was an incentive to write. Yeah. I knew I had to get a chapter done that week or my writing group would laugh at me. That's a really big thing and yeah. it can be great incentive. Yeah. Um, we don't have a lot of time left, but one of the other weird writing group quirks that I want to warn people of is people will often get hung up on one thing. Yes, yes. Um, and if someone reading through the book normally wouldn't even think about this, but it, it'll happen all the time in a writing group that one person will mention something when they're talking about your chapter, yeah. and then the whole group will start to think about it, and then the next week they'll start to think about it, and they'll blow it way out of proportion. It happens a lot. Um, it just happens with writing groups. It gets like in the writing group unconsciousness that this issue is a big problem with the book, even though it's not really that big of a problem because one person mentioned it mm -hmm. in the early chapters, and you'll, it'll plague you for the rest of the time, the, the time you're working on that book. Time to take the book someplace book. else. No, no, it'll happen with every writing group. You just have to, you have to be willing to understand when people give you feedback, I take, I take about maybe a quarter of the suggestions, okay? One out of four. One out of four suggestions is, it work pretty well. You have to be willing to discard three out of four suggestions, I think, when you go to a writing group. Maybe, maybe two out of four, but that's just going to understanding that. You're looking for that one out of four that they say something, you say, I, had, I completely missed that. You're completely right. Oh, my goodness, how did I miss that? that then you rewrite it. Mm-hmm. But we are out of time. Um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to our studio audience. <laughs> this has been Writing Excuse. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storytellers' stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.